0: Please turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're still working through Ephesians. And uh, I have so much to say on the subject, but I'm I'm working on redeeming the time for the days are evil and just walking in wisdom, redeeming the time and how how to do this. We're going to try to finish this Tonight, While you're turning, I just want to read Isaiah 57, verse 15. He says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. God inhabits eternity. The Lord lives in eternity. Whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with Him. Also, that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And then when you get over to Ephesians chapter 5, he says in verse 15, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So I I will attempt to finish what I started last week. And it's not some mysterious thing as it might first seem. But it's not. It's just living in wisdom. Like you said, walking in wisdom, redeeming the time. So we're going to talk about tonight how turning time into eternity. How do we do that? How can you take temporal life and turn it into something eternal that, will, that is not limited to time. It's an amazing thing. We're going to talk about that. So let's pray. Father, I ask that you'd bless this time together. Much to say and uh, much to listen to. We pray that you'd open our hearts and uh, give guidance so we can see how we can be wise, how we can redeem the time. Pray that you'd help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let me start off by saying a few things. God is eternal, uh, simply no limitations on him at all. No boundaries. He's not in bondage to time. He does not hold himself to time. But man is limited to time and space. Man's whole life is dictated by time and space, mainly by time. We have, you know, we live by the seconds even. We live by the minute. We live by the hours. We live by the days. We live by the weeks, the months, the years, the decades, centuries. Thousand year millennia go by. Man is limited and, and tied to this thing called time. You know, think, So you think about it. Se- uh, Seasons. I love the season. We're entering into some wonderful time of year, and I'm very grateful for that. But we are bound to that. We can't jump back to spring or forward to spring. We're going to live in fall. In the old days, they called it autumn. Now it's fall, autumn. Autumn sounds more dignified. I love the autumn. I love it. I love the uh, the colors. Well... Maybe we'll get a few color changes in in the leaves here before long. You know, so what did God say? You got summer and winter, seed time and harvest. That's your four seasons. You you're going to live those every year of our life until we're gone. And then the world's going to continue doing this long after we're gone. We have a schedule that we go by. We go through stages of life, infancy. Uh, We grow young kids. We grow up into teenagers, we grow into young adults, we, then we uh, become adults, middle age. then we become aged. It's a it's a we're all limited. We're caught in a trap of time. Night and day. You can't stop them from coming. Right? Awake and asleep. I wonder what the record is for staying awake, at length of time. No one's been able to. God says, I slumber not. I'm not limited to time. God has never fallen asleep one time in eternity. He's not limited to these things that we deal with. Working and resting. And I always think, you you can't, real honestly, you can't rest up for work like we always say. You rest after you work. We say, I'm going to really rest hard so I can work hard. And that's kind of semi-true, but you rest after the work, but you are limited In time. You know, it's always, when were you born? Right? When did you get saved? When will we die? And there's always a date put on it and a place. And there's always a year put to this. So the when is an amazing thing because it's a marker in time when something of momentous uh, reality took place. And a man who doesn't have a schedule based on the clock What is He? You know what He is? He's a failure. He doesn't live by schedule. He has nothing dictating how He lives. A person who books the various cycles of life, they're not going to matter amount to much. God set this in order. This is called God's decreed plan. And so time has three great purposes. Let me go through these real quick. God has three purposes for time. Okay, so number one is for God to fulfill His plan in regards to mankind and human history. Time is setting this forward. You know, we're talking about Israel and what's going on. The prophetic calendar, it's a time set, it will take place in God's timing. God uses time for humanity, for His creation. All of God's creation is connected to time. That's why we, I really want to do it. Just teach on the sabbatical week. Just give one lesson on why. It's all dictated. You know, we live in God's great sabbatical week, and we're put in there in one particular spot in time. And that's our time to live. We don't get another time. God appropriated that time to us. So the first pe- uh, time, peace, or what it, purpose, is for God to fulfill His plan in regards to mankind and human history. The second purpose for time is for you to schedule and measure your life by so that you can be successful. God, it's a gift. It's not a burden. It's not a curse. Time is a blessing. You can gauge and, and, and manage And judge your own life based on time. Am I using my time wisely? Am I learning and growing and building and accomplishing what I need to do during my time on earth? During my day. During my week. During this month. During this season that we're going into. So then the third reason, God or purpose of time, is this is the important and scary one. It's for God. To measure, engage the life of every human so He can reward you later in eternity. Time is a a great measuring stick. This is how God judges our worth. This is how God... It's the measure of a man. The measure of a man is how you steward over your time that God gave you on this earth. So we find time is not made for God, but time is made for man. God is eternal. So that ticking clock that goes by, you know, it's, it just keeps ticking, right? It just keeps, it never, ever stops. It just keeps on going. You know why? It's measuring the things of your life. God's, all of creation is set this way. The ages, the dispensations, the generations of people that come through on this line of the ages and the dispensations, we're one generation in one dispensation in one age in God's great timetable. I'd like to talk about that at some point. These segments of time. So you're, where, where are we living? The dispensation of grace. We're under grace. Paul said it's a dispensation of the gospel given unto me. And we are living in that time. We're living in the most wonderful time in, in human history too, by the way. The more about the Bible you learn, you'll know that this is true. It doesn't embolden us uh, in a sense of making us proud. It makes us more humble and appreciative. God has really blessed us to get to live in the time that we live and get to study Paulinean theology and understand eternity. Understand the things that we're talking about now. So God's going to take your time on this earth and judge your worth. Buy that and give rewards. So everything you do is based on the clock. That's why God said redeem the time. So we're on this timeline, I'll say it again, of mortal life and you're laying up in store for eternity. God's already there. He inhabiteth eternity. God's already in heaven, already in eternity. He lives there. He's waiting on you to finish your time and then go into eternity with Him. And it's a wonderful thing. He is the I am. He always is. We know he was, he, he was and is and is to come, but His name is the great I am. I am the I am. I'm always in. Why? I'm not limited to time. With God, there is no reverse or forward or backwards or upward or downward. It's Everything. Everything. It's more than a quality of life. It's more than a sinless existence. It's more than no limits or boundaries. It's more than no time. I, it's hard to explain. It's, it's uh, ever backwards, ever forwards, up and down, the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height. And let me say this before I really get into my message here. It's, uh, there's a dimension Uh, that most people cannot enter into because you can't get into this dimension until you get born again. You're stuck in time. You can never go into eternity and enter into turning time to eternity if you don't get saved. When you get born again, Jesus even said it, except a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. He can't enter into the kingdom of God. He can't see the kingdom of God. He has no quality in there he has no part within it when he gets born again oh my everything changes for him so we're stuck in mortal bodies and the bible says to lay hold on eternal life and that's what we intend to do that's exactly what we intend to do so this is interesting because on this time you just take your life on that time table of life god passes from eternity into time and does things in your life and then goes back into eternity, he intervenes in men's life. I think this is why God uses the angels so much. Angels are very important when it comes to moving in from eternity. If God's in eternity and inhabits eternity, he's sending his angels to do certain things for him in time. Hey, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. It's... God sent the eternal word of God, Jesus Christ, and he entered into time. And he was born like you and I. And he was limited to schedule and time just as we are, and he fulfilled the will of God completely. He used every second. Right. That's hard to believe, isn't it? But he did. He did. He did that for us. He defeated sin through through this. And so Jesus became subject to time. His life was measured by God, proven to be perfect. And then he went to the cross. So Jesus said in John 1, 51, think about this. He said in John 51, he told Nathanael, you're going to see heaven opened and you're going to see angels of God ascending and, de- well actually, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You're going to watch this happen. Heaven's going to open and angels are coming down. The angels are coming from eternity. They're coming from a different realm. They're coming from heaven to do a work. Then they go back into eternity. Remember Jacob's ladder? When Jacob had that dream and saw that ladder uh, coming down from heaven, and it said angels were coming down off of that, and he, he realized God is ever with me, and he started calling himself, it's a Mahanaim. It's We have two companies here. I have my family, my, my physical family, and I've got a troop of angels following me everywhere I go. He did. It's called name. the place of two armies or two companies. One was angels. But You think the Lord does that for us too. This is a ladder that reaches to heaven, and it comes down and back up, the Bible, the only other uh, thing that the Bible even refers to this that's similar is a staircase. It talks about in Song of Solomon that there's stairs and Jesus comes in the midpoint of the stairs and talks to us. And we, call, we look back up to him in the secret place of the stairs. I think a lot of people, they live so much in this down here in time, they don't reach into eternity and spend some time in the stairwell uh, with jesus at the midpoint those are the special times of life so there's always this ascending and descending angels are serving god ministering spirits concerning man they ascend up into heaven i call that to eternity they get more charges and then they descend back to earth to do things for man the ladder or the portal is the way from time into eternity. So when you pass through this turn, you go through this portal, time is no more relevant. You've entered into a new realm. Only the Christian can do these things. You're passing, you're making time turn into eternity. So uh, let me say a couple more things, then I'm gonna bring home the point. The significance, excuse me, of Genesis 28 is to show that from Jacob, you know, he did this early. This is Genesis 28. From him all the way to the present, angels have ascended and descended on his descendants, Israel, and taken care of Israel. I mean, even now, even throughout all they've been through in the Holocaust, and they've been through more than one. They've been through many. They've been persecuted time more memorial. Okay. There's always been angels. Preserve and save them and keep them. They're always they're, they're moving. They are the bush that will not burn. Israel is. And so a, these angels are coming down to aid and protect and judge the nation. But sometimes they bring judgment on Israel. They're, boy, this is God's people. They've entered into a covenant with the eternal God. Therefore, angels are coming. Didn't the angels come and minister to Jesus many times in his life? In his flesh, they ministered to him. They gave him supernatural power and strength that he couldn't get anywhere else. I think it's possible, if he was just a mortal man, he would have died in the Garden of Gethsemane. Angels came and ministered to him and brought supernatural strength to him so that he could endure and go to the cross. And it's very possible that the devil tried to kill him in the garden when his sweat turned to great drops of blood. But angels came when he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights out in the wilderness. Angels came and helped him. We know the same thing happened with Elijah. So they come into time and they minister. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.14 that they minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation. You ever had, uh, you ever had some unique things and you think, I just had angelic intervention? God sent some angels. Did some amazing things. I've had it happen to me to where I know beyond any doubt the Lord sent angels out of heaven to into time to do a work. And then they went back to get their... You know, then the, the Bible says that they stand before God to get another duty. Okay? Someday it'd be really good to have testimonies on what angels have done for you. You know... And by the way, most of the time you're never going to see it. It's spiritual. But there are times when God lifts back the curtain and you see amazing things are happening and it's angelic help. It seems dull. Okay, so what angels are not limited to flesh. They're, not, they're ministering spirits. So they're not limited to time like we are. They come into time and do things. They go back up into heaven. But it seems to me that after Satan fell and his angels, they became subject to time. Because there's, a, there's an end for them. And the Bible says that there's a time coming when they will be judged. And then there was certain devils that met Jesus and said, please don't judge us before the time. So they knew there's a day coming when time is up. Satan knows it. Satan knows that there's a time coming. It's, it's called, I have but a short time. Therefore, I'll stamp. I'll really ramp up the persecution on Israel. Did you know in Psalm 82, it says that these angels are like gods and judges, and it says that they will someday die like men. And it will happen on a day just like men. They will get a judgment just like men. Satan knoweth that he hath but a short time. So God sitteth in the heavens... the Bible says he's prepared his throne unto judgment. He's sitting there judging. Psalm 9, verse 7. He's prepared the throne and he's ready to go and he's waiting for time to finish and men will be judged. It says he will judge the secrets of men. God has subjected man to a life of time. Now listen, why? Measurement. Measurement. Don't want to waste time. So how... I said all that and I'm down to five minutes. I may give you a little, I may go a little longer here, but listen to me for a minute. Because I want to know how do you turn time into eternity? I said all this, this. Everything I've said so far is God coming from eternity into time. How do we turn mortal time into something eternal? Where time and eternity meet. All right, number one, we know there must be a time. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ and receive Him, it happens in a moment of time. It didn't happen in eternity past where God chose you and saved you long ago and you one day realized, I'm one of His. You know there's some idiots that actually believe that? They believe they were predestined to be saved and they didn't even have to choose Christ. He chose them. No, the Bible says you must. there's got to be a when. That, that, that four-letter word, W-H-E-N. When did you get saved? Well, I know I got saved in June of 1982. Is when I came to Christ. I was a sinner. Guess what I got out of the deal? Eternal life. It happened at a point in time on this earth, and it became eternal from there on out. So, number one, how do you turn time into eternity? You better get saved. Better put your faith in Christ and get saved. Number two, realize that you're seated in heavenly places in Christ right now. Now, we studied this earlier in uh, Ephesians 1. Realize that you are right now, you're in Him as He sits in heaven on the throne. We're there. You realize that? We're in Him. And we are in the hand of the Father. The Bible says, John 3:13 says Jesus was in two places at the same time. Did you ever notice that? He said, the Son of Man, which is in heaven, and He's sitting here on the earth talking to people. You know why? Because Jesus is eternal, and and we are too. So we should honestly, uh, we're living in two places too. We're on the earth in time and we're also in heaven in eternity with Him because we're in the eternal Christ. You've got you to kind of grasp this in the Spirit. So eternal life, what is it? It's another realm. It's another level of living to where you break the bondage of time and you get spiritual blessings. You know all the spiritual blessings that we talk about that you, God wants you to have now. You're going to live with all those in heaven forever and ever. That's your heavenly benefits. That is the blessing. Love, joy, peace, all those things that are coming. We want those now. We can benefit from those now. We're going to have those forever and ever and ever. You realize you're going to exude the fruit of the Spirit forever and ever, all the time? But if you do it now, you are sending forth time into eternity. It's eternal work. If you did anything for God today, it was an eternal work. Now, in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you live above this world and you live on higher ground. You live in another realm. You changed in your purpose. You changed in your functions. You changed in your expectations. What you expect out of life is even changed. So even though you're stuck in this body of flesh, I feel this way all the time. I'm stuck. Man, I got a birthday coming up pretty soon. That's the timing. I'm going to be 60. You think about that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm being judged by my 60 years on this earth so far. It scares me. Did I utilize my time properly? All right? So, uh, can't you feel it, though? You're already in heaven. You're already there with him. But we want to get stuck in a living time. For some reason, we get deceived thinking down here on the earth and and, and time is living. It's not. It's called wasted time. You know, a guy used to live down the street from me in Corpus. Remember Brad? His name was Freddie Fender. He lived in Corpus. Sang the old famous song, Wasted Days and Wasted Nights. You know that's about all everybody does? You know, Freddie Fender got but died a drunk. Died, I mean, he lived right down the street from us. He died a horrible death. He wasted his life. His he thought was wasting a life on one woman that he didn't didn't want him. Well, he was wasting his life on things on earth that weren't eternal. It's real sad. Now, here's another aspect of turning time into eternity. And because of time, I'm just going to quote it. John 17, 3 says, This is life eternal. This is how you get, this is life right here. That they might know thee, the only true God, in Jesus, whom thou hast sent. Knowing God is eternal life. There's nothing better than that. Just knowing him, knowing who he is, how he functions in your life how He works with you where you meet in eternity, that's as good as life gets. And Jesus said, I brought you that from heaven. I came from eternity to bring it to you in time so you don't have to sit here and squander life away on earth. You can live with Him and have an eternity. And this all, these these little moments on earth, you say, man, I I spent an hour at church. Well, we already talked about it last week. One hour in church is worth what? a thousand days on this earth that people waste. It's a a very important thing to understand. It's eternal life. You partake of eternality by spending much time with Him. That's why I ask the people all the time, have you been with Jesus lately? If you have, it's definitely going to show. If you'd say, man, I just don't have time. You know what most people tell me? I just don't have much time for God. I don't have time. You know, on my realm, I want to say, hey, I don't have time for all that piddly, worldly stuff. I don't have time for that. I want to live the eternal life with God. I want my time to go into eternity ahead of me and turn time into eternity. Another way of turning time into eternity. you know, these are all the simplistic things because this is Christianity right here. Number four is have a firm knowledge of God's Word. Have an intimate relationship with God's Word. I don't think if you read it every day, you're not getting one. You've got to read your Bible. It says in John 6:68, 6, Peter said to Jesus, Thou hast the words of eternal life. The Bible is eternal words right here. If you're taking these into your soul and spirit through your eyes, reading it, You've entered into eternity right there. And eternity has met you, and it's, what do we say? Time very well spent. This is called, I'm redeeming the time. You say, man, I didn't get much out. Read it anyway. Usually, you know what? Usually, you didn't get anything out of it because you didn't read it enough. You cut God's word short. You know Job, who didn't even have the Bible, but he had some form of God's words because he said, I esteem the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. Job said, I, I would rather eat the Bible and read it than even eat. I would much prefer that. If you have a real need in your soul to get words from God and have a craving there, like Job says he did, you've entered into eternity there. You, you've had uh, eternal moments all right then lastly no that's not true I have many more prayer nothing breaks forth the portal into eternity like prayer you know when you get on when you get on your knees and lift up your heart to God and communicate with him you know what you're doing you're sending prayers through the up that ladder and you're moving up to the port you're into eternity struggling in prayer we know our bodies fight it we don't see it. But prayer puts you into eternity. Prayer is your way. I think prayer might be the best way to get into eternity. Just start talking to God. And what are we doing when we pray? praying? Most of the time we're asking for things. So what we're asking is God send some angels down. Send them down and help me. We need a lot of that right now, by the way. Send angels down, come from eternity to help me. And then I will do things for you the best I can and live in a way that my life will go into eternity and help the kingdom. Laying hold on eternal life. Okay. Um, Well, I have two more and I'll just give them to you. Number number six. All works done for the glory of God and in the name of Jesus Christ are eternal works. All of them. If they're done for the glory of God and in Jesus' name, God says that's eternity right there. You say, man, I had to give up some precious time here on earth. Well, time well spent. Very well spent. You may not know it now. Hopefully, the best thing to do is realize it now because you'll do a lot more. But you'll know it in heaven. Be the best days of your life. The best spent time of your life Is working in the kingdom of God. And works don't get you to heaven. We know that. But they give you a much better heaven. Okay? And God said, get you a pattern of good works. You work, you know, set your. We always say, hey, I have a strict schedule here, you know. And I need to get a better one. I really do. But I have this strict schedule. You know what you need to schedule? A pattern of good works. I'm scheduled to do these things. I will do these things. It's part of my life and it enters into eternity. And what are you doing? You're redeeming the time. Okay? And then lastly, this is a good way and an easy way to do it. Humility. Humbling yourself. We read The first verse I read in Isaiah 57, 15 it said, I, I dwell in the high and holy place. I dwell in eternity. I live in eternity. But I'll live with you, if you'll humble yourself. If you'll have a contrite spirit and be in the low place, and you know you humble yourself and realize who you are without him, and God will dwell with you. And not only that, He'll raise you up into the heavens. The most humble people you know are conscious and deliberate in their humility, and God lives with them. And they don't sing wasted days and wasted nights like he did. I think the best thing to do is be sober, be serious about it. And that's why he says here, hey, you better redeem the time. If if, if you're falling behind, you've been wasting some time on earth. What's he saying to do? You better redeem it. You better buy some back. We talked about that last week. You better buy some time back. And get revenge on your wasted time. How are you gonna get revenge on your wasted time? Better start doing some eternal works now. And what's it gonna do? It's gonna cost you. You're gonna to have to sacrifice, and then after it's done, you're gonna say, greatest time I ever spent. Amen. Ever. We don't have time to waste. We don't we need to redeem it. Now look what he says there again in verse 16, and we'll be done redeeming the time because the days are evil. And what did he say before that? You're going to be wise if you do this. This is the wise way to live. So a day's coming when time runs out. Time is over. Revelation 22.10 says the time is at hand. And that's when the judgment comes. Satan knows he has but a short time and he'll be done. We know that we have but a short time. And we'll go into eternity with only the works that we did for him. The wise person says, you know what? I'm going to believe this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to quit wasting time and spending up all my time and turn my time into eternity. Amen. All right. All right. We're just going to continue in in Ephesians next week. I've I've found some interesting things here coming up. But what I want you to know is uh, if you will put your time right, if you will spend your time wise, I think it's really wise to schedule your time and not schedule your time. You got to mow the yard and clean the house and whatever else you do. No, you have to do those things. We understand that. Spend some time with family. you better redeem the time for the days are evil. Spend your time on things that matter the most. All right? Amen.